the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. We're glad to have you listening in. I am Ben South sitting here in warm and humid central Arkansas, and my friend Danny Smith is not. Danny, how are you? Yeah, Ben, I'm good. I'm definitely not sitting in uh, warm and humid Arkansas. Now, it is warmer today, thankfully, where I'm at, but we were talking off air just uh, we're recording this a, a few days after July the 4th, and uh, our July 4th here, I think when fireworks were going off, was right around 48 or 49 degrees. It felt about 45. I was telling Ben that uh, it, it really felt like I was watching a, a high school football game on a Friday night in November. <laughs> People had blankets and jackets. It was wonderful because it wasn't so hot, but I, I needed it a little warmer than it was. That that would have been nice. There would be an advantage to that, though, because you could – you know, stand over a charcoal grill and be comfortable without just being dripped and drenched in sweat. That definitely has a place in it. I, I was telling, uh, in fact, I may have told you, Ben, I'm not much of a pool person, but, you know, I do like to grill and it is nice. And, you know, when the sun was out in the afternoon, it was, uh, was pleasant. But, uh, you know, again, maybe a, a little warmer temp, but overall, man, I can't complain. But you guys, man. I keep seeing these heat warnings pop up for people back in Arkansas. Yep. Uh, there's nothing like standing over a grill when it feels like 115 degrees Ooh. outside, you know. Yeah, but, no doubt. <laughs> but you got to have the yeah. grilled meats when you celebrate the 4th of July, don't you? I mean, that's you can't have Independence Day, right? You can't be <laughs> a real right. American without that. You know, <laughs> just pizza being delivered. And you may have had to do that. That's okay, but. So, yeah, if you don't have hot dogs and hamburgers, it's always good to, you know, throw some, uh, you know, pork tenderloin or some smoked pork or something on the uh, on the smoker if you have it. Yeah, but I think if you don't have hot dogs, you have to surrender your passport. I'm not sure, but I think there's a clause. I, I in think there. that's right. Absolutely. I well, I think George Washington fed hot dogs to the Continental Con- you know, Congress and Army and all that. So very American. We did not have hot dogs on the 4th. We did have them at church the weekend before, so I hope I'm covered and get to keep my passport. That's right. That's right. Well, Danny, I like it. We are right in the middle of the summer, maybe a little bit lull. And, you know, we've not done this in a little while, but we talked about just let's take a passage of scripture and just kind of talk through it and see where we can be encouraged by it. Because right now is in that season. Sometimes if you're not careful, you can just kind of get down in the dumps you know, you got a lot ahead of you. Summer's kind of over. You're tired. Um, you're worn out, and you can just get fatigued in the ministry. Um, so you brought that. Let's talk about Psalm 142 and see what we could learn from that. Yeah, I, I've always, and like many people, returned to the Psalms over and again to see different uh, songs and prayers that you know, ancient Israel had that often becomes ours as well. And, you know, it is when you are physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally tired from a maybe a busy season. I've seen a lot of vacation Bible schools taking place, church camps, mission trips, you know, and then you're trying to care for your own soul. You're trying to care for the soul of your family. And it is, it's, it's difficult. And, you know, before 
maybe I read the passage. There was a, a book that came out several years ago called Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow. And in it, um, it was just talking about how we as people, we can only think about so much before we do get fatigued. You use that word, Ben, and I think that's a great word for it. And and I know over the years, it's the fatigue and seasons of fatigue that tend to be when um, the wondering of my heart takes place. I'm not as committed to the word. I'm not as committed to um, really actively uh, pursuing transformation. I, I heard a, a, a pastor say recently that when we're obedient, it takes risk. But when you're tired of fatigue, we are less like, less likely to be taking those risks and obedience just because we're tired. And so Psalm 142, the head says, the headline says, you are my refuge. Um, the descriptor just says it's a prayer of David when he was in the cave. And so these often resonate deeply within. And I'll just, it's only seven verses, so maybe I'll read it and we could just make a couple of quick observations and hopefully encourage you today. But verse one says, with my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way and the path where I walk. They have hidden the trap for me. Look to the right and see, and there is none who takes notice of me. No one, no refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Um, so, you know, maybe there's just a couple of quick observations I'll make, Ben, and we can, you know, add more, take away, whatever. But I, I think in those first two verses, I like the idea that that we can take our complaints before the Lord. I think sometimes... Um, and, and I do, I've talked to people and even myself, I'm like, well, I shouldn't say that to the Lord, but I think there's a real healing process that takes place when we go before the Lord and just say, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's my complaint is. And in this particular context, there are those that are against David. There are those that are persecuting him. I don't have anybody actively persecuting me. And maybe there's those against me, but I know my complaint is often uh, dealing with one of three things, either my own flesh, my own tendency to wonder uh, uh, the world around me, the values, the priorities that the world often presents to me. Uh, they, uh, as the old hymn says, they allure our eyes, they allure our sights. And so I complain about what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm experiencing, what I'm doing. And then, of course, we know that the enemy of all believers, Satan, is certainly, uh, you know, leading astray. And so I love that it just gets right to the point. I cry out to the Lord. He hears it. Uh, I tell my trouble before him. And there's a lot of reassurance in that, Ben. Yeah, I, you know, we're quick to complain, I, I think, or to the people beside us. And I, I think this is just kind of that idea. It's okay to let the Lord know, hey, Lord, here's the trouble I'm feeling. Here's my complaint. It, it He is not intimidated by hearing that come from us and he knows about it already he knows how we feel and there is a there is an act of even just realization in our own lives when we just get honest before the lord with what's concerning us with you know our complaints as scripture said um our troubles the things that are bothering us when we just 
pour it out to him. And the, the comfort in that is when we complain, he hears. I know when my kids, a lot of times when they're fussing, they're, they'll start complaining. It's like, hey, and I'll tell them, I don't want to hear any complaining. But God never says that to us. He never says, stop your complaining. Yeah. I don't want to hear from you. He hears you when you have trouble. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's a common refrain in a lot of the Psalms. And a lot of the Psalms, there are those questions of, okay, how long, Lord? Why, Lord? What's going on, Lord? And what I find is we don't often get the answer. In fact, even in this, we don't even get the resolution necessarily. Now we can read David's life and see how it resolved. But many times we don't always see the immediate answer to that complaint, except there's a a real comfort knowing that the Lord hears. And um, it goes back to another verse we maybe shared on another podcast about the Lord sees, he hears, and he knows. And that idea of knowing actually right there in verse 3, when my spirit faints within me, you know my way. This idea that the Lord is intimately aware of every detail and awareness of our life. And, uh, you know, it's easy to think, well, he cares about Ben, but he doesn't care about me. Or he cares about that church, that pastor, that staff. And, but, but God knows our ways. He knows our struggles. He knows our doubts, our fears, our skepticisms. And our spirit faints. There's a weariness that, that happens in our soul that the Lord completely knows of. And, and Ben, I think sometimes it's a reminder like, oh, yeah. He's God. I'm not. I, I wear out. I get tired. I want to quit. The Lord is none of those things. He's faithful at all times, even when our faithfulness is struggling. Yeah, you look down in verse four, the fact that he knows us and it says here, he looks to the right and say, hey, nobody's noticing. How many times in ministry have I thought, have many of us been guilty of having this come across our mind and just saying, you know, Lord, here I'm serving you. I'm working hard for you. It's tough. The bills keep coming. The stresses keep coming. It feels like people are attacking me. And look, nobody's noticing the work I'm doing for you. But God, yeah, knows. isn't that? Yes. And it's such a temptation to go down that path. And, and, you know, you've been to pastor's conferences and pastor's breakfasts, breakfasts, how do you say that plural? Yep, breakfast for pastors. There you go. <laughs> breakfast? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a uh, grammar. Don't don't take my grammar here. And, a morning uh, meal for pastors yeah, together. That's uh, absolutely right. Uh, breaking a fast, and so it's it's important to remember that one of the great I think temptations and one of the ways to get cynical in ministry, one of the ways to get lazy and lackadaisical in ministry is like, ah, what does it even matter? Why even do this? You know, I'll do it, but I'm not going to really try, you know, and 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 I hear of pastors, especially maybe in that chair one where they teach every week, like, yeah, here's a sermon. I, you know, used to I put a ton of effort in it, but now ah, what does it matter? And but the Lord knows. And uh, he goes on in verse five to say, and there's that reminder. I cry to you, O Lord, I say you're my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. When we're in those moments where we don't think anybody sees or anybody cares the greater reality is that god sees god cares god knows he hears your prayer and we have to preach that gospel truth to our heart again that that the lord is for us my portion in the land of the living and then um if it's okay to complain before the lord then it's okay to ask right so verse six attend to my cry i am brought very low deliver me bring me out of prison 
he asked, Lord, help me in this situation. So he reminds himself of that, that gospel truth, and then he's asking the Lord, please help me to be faithful, to, to navigate these really difficult seasons that I'm in. Yeah, there's this aspect of here. Of, it's almost like when the writer says these things immediately, he's like, oh, no, that's not right. Because you look in verse four, he's he's talking about, hey, no one takes notice. There's no place of safety. There's no refuge for me. Nobody cares about me. But in the next verse, he says, oh, but Lord, you're my refuge. You're the one I come to. And so he's like, well, he goes from verse four to verse five, verse four. There's no refuge for me. Verse five but you are my refuge. And so there's this tying through. It's like, okay, God, you hear. God, you know. There's comfort in the fact that you know. You become my refuge versus the things we look to in this world. Yeah, Ben, it, it is something how how quickly, and I see this in my own prayer life. If you go look at my, my prayer journals, it's going to look something real similar like, Lord, what in the world? Lord, you're so faithful. Lord, where are you? Lord, you're so good. What is going on? It's just this, you know, it's, it's part of that reminder of our human nature of the struggle of faith. And it, it it really crystallizes why Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you know, we've always thought, man, just a little bit of faith. And we realize, wow, we struggle even, even with that kind of consistent, faithful belief that God sees, hears, and knows, and he takes notice of us, and he is our portion. I love that idea that he is our portion. He's everything that we need. Ultimately, it exposes a heart that maybe has exchanged our satisfaction in Christ for the satisfaction of being seen by others or getting the applause or at least getting the attention of others. And when we become satisfied in Christ, it frees us to be encouragers. It frees us to deal with the complaints of our souls. It frees us from needing the acclaim or the applause of others to make us feel like we're making a difference in ministry. Ultimately, it's that satisfaction in Christ that resets and refocuses how we view um, any type of, of, of ministry and, and, and life. And again, nobody sees me, but Lord, okay, that's not true, Lord. You see me, and ultimately, you're everything I need. Yeah, and he just wraps up the song with that, and he's just like, all right, Lord, you're it. Pay attention. Um, you know the conditions. You know what's going on in me. I'm trusting you for deliverance and that you will deal bountifully with me, that your goodness will overwhelm, that your intention is for my good, for your glory, and I'm going to trust you. And I think there's just a simple song saying, hey, when you in these, you know, the doldrums of ministry or just life from time to time, let God know. Tell him how you feel. He knows. He hears. He cares. And he's the one who will deliver. The deliverance comes from him. It's not in people around you taking notice. It's not in having nobody against you, but it's in resting in him and in his goodness, in his character, that we find true deliverance. Yeah, boy, that's absolutely right. And yeah, I, I just, I think returning again and again, just to the word and to Psalms, it can help us deal with those doldrums, just like you said. And yeah, so hopefully, Ben, this verse will be an encouragement to uh, these uh, fellow ministry workers that are middle of the summer, geared up for the fall. 
no rest for the weary. Uh, just hang in there. Know the Lord sees you. He's everything you need. And, and honestly, that psalm will apply across the board. You may have a, a friend who's a teacher getting ready, and all of a sudden, talent, calendar turned July, and they're like, crud. Last week of July, first week of August, I'm right back in the middle of the school year again. And so be encouraged. The Lord sees, hears, and knows, and he's with us. That's it. Well, we thank you for joining us this week on Chair 2 Leaders. Make sure you like and follow and share wherever you get into, uh, listen to your podcast. That helps others find us. Hope you have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.